Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, January 9th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. An old-fashioned necessity is making a comeback. Canning at home is becoming a popular hobby. Seeing when you open up your cabinets all these beautiful jars of preserved foods, uh, that in itself, I think, is such a joy. We'll examine how canning went from the home to the factory and back again in just a few minutes. Union activists, politicians, and former employees of the Northview Village Nursing Home in North St. Louis are calling for an investigation into the closing of the facility. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports it's been more than three weeks since the operation shut down. Northview Village in December moved around 170 residents out of the building on North Kings Highway within hours. Owners and operators did not explain to workers why they shut down the facility beyond citing issues with payroll. Employees say they still have not been paid for past work. Congresswoman Cori Bush has asked federal health officials to investigate health care accounting services, which operated the facility. We can't let another abrupt closure like Northview Village happen again. And we also can't let health care accounting services get away with not paying its workers and evading accountability for its former residents. Bush says the owners could be in violation of laws, including one requiring them to notify workers 60 days before layoffs. Company representatives could not be reached for comment. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. A Washington University infectious disease specialist at Barnes Jewish Hospital says people in the St. Louis region need to pay attention to public health recommendations to wear masks for protection from respiratory illnesses. St. Louis health officials are advising residents and employees to wear masks to protect themselves from COVID-19, influenza, and RSV. Dr. Stephen Lawrence says people should make sure they have the latest vaccines, He points out those who had COVID or have been vaccinated at least once might think they are fully protected. There hasn't been a very robust uptake of the new COVID booster that came out in the fall. And because of that, there is some waning of immunity over time. Lawrence says wearing a mask can help keep viruses from spreading. A Missouri state representative linked to an accused Holocaust denier is running for governor. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, Sarah Unsicker of Shrewsbury is seeking the state's highest office. In December, Unsicker was stripped from her committee assignments by House Democratic leadership and later expelled from the House Democratic Caucus. Leadership pointed to Unsicker's social media posts and her association with an accused Holocaust denier as reasons for the actions. Unsicker had previously been a candidate for Missouri Attorney General. However, she withdrew from that race in late December, citing a broken political system with, quote, manipulation of the media surrounding my professional and personal relationships. She could face House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid and Springfield businessman Mike Hamra in the Democratic primary in August. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri Congresswoman Ann Wagner is seeking re-election. The Republican will run for a seventh term this year. She represents the state's second congressional district, which includes parts of Warren, St. Louis, and St. Charles counties. It also covers all of Franklin County. John Keeney is running for the congressional seat as a Democrat. Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft says he has been the target of a hoax where emergency services were called to his home. 
He says his home was swatted Sunday night. That's when someone issues a fake emergency report to draw local police or SWAT units to a specific location. Politicians throughout the country have reported being victims of swatting. Ashcroft says he and his family are safe. Senate President Pro Tem Caleb Rowden says he plans to file legislation to increase penalties for swatting in Missouri. A report commissioned by the Missouri Chamber of Commerce finds that the state's high-tech job force is growing faster than neighboring states. St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Moline has more. The report produced by North Carolina-based Economic Leadership, LLC, shows the state's tech job force has grown by 10.5% over the past five years. That ranks just 30th in the nation, but ahead of all neighboring states, including Illinois. Report co-author Ted Abernathy says that's in part because Missouri's population has started growing again. For the first time in a while, the last two years has been a time where in migration, uh, people moving from other states, is more than people moving out of Missouri. One positive for the state in attracting new tech workers is comparatively affordable housing. A red flag is a lack of affordable broadband access. I'm Brian Moline, St. Louis Public Radio. A recent archaeological dig by St. Louis researchers has led to the discovery of an ancient Roman temple in Italy. St. Louis University history professor Douglas Boyne and his team uncovered the remains of a temple dating back to the reign of Roman Emperor Constantine. Boyne says temples played a normal role in the Roman Empire when government and religion were conjoined. The worship of Roman rulers was something promoted by civic festivals, national holidays. These were big patriotic events that took place throughout the year centered around temples or games or amphitheaters. Boyne made the comments yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. The practice of canning food is not a widespread necessity anymore. Most fresh fruits and vegetables are available at the grocery store year-round. But home canning has gained popularity over the last few years. Harvest Public Media's Lily Halloran reports on the history of canning and how it's making a comeback. In the 1800s, canning was done in the home, primarily by women. They preserved surplus peas, peaches, corn, and other acidic foods in glass jars, storing them on shelves to eat throughout the year. But the 20th century brought federal food safety regulations, two world wars, and lots of cultural change. Canned goods moved from home kitchens to grocery store shelves as consumers gained confidence in commercial canning. A simple idea, but one of great promise. When industrial canning reached its peak in the 1950s, industry leaders were selling it as progress. We refer to it, and rightly so, as the miracle of the can. Then the 1960s brought the feminist movement and changed the relationship between women and food preparation. Americans wanted convenience. But now, canning has come home again. People who have the extra time and money are showing off their pantries full of colorful glass jars on Instagram. The hashtag canning has over 960 million views on TikTok. It's become more of an edutainment for many people. That's food historian Suzanne Corbett. She says canning has shifted from a vital skill in the kitchen to an at-home hobby. There's so much fast food and pre-processed food and that have kind of pushed that convenience factor to a situation where our cooking has become performance art in your own home. 
People tend to return to canning when things get scary, according to Claire Schmidt, a folklorist at Missouri Valley College. She points to the 2008 recession and the COVID pandemic. For Schmidt's family, 2020 was a time when trips to the grocery store were rare, and they were looking for ways to stay positive. Okay, your school's closed and everything is weird and the radio is talking about people dying, but hey, we've got canned peaches and so things aren't all that bad. Americans left lockdown and returned to work, but canning remains popular. In the last year, Jenna Smith taught more food preservation classes than ever before. A nutrition and wellness educator for the Illinois Extension, she says her students arrive with different experience levels. A grandparent may have taught them or social media, which isn't such a great source, according to Smith. I just cringe sometimes at some of the videos and things that I see that are just so, you know, not safe. But no matter what inspired her students, Smith says they're eager to have more control over the food they eat. You know, actually seeing when you open up your cabinets all these beautiful jars of preserved foods, uh, that in itself, I think, is such a joy to, to many people. Some have scaled up the old-school approach to canning. Kansas City Canning Company owner Tim Tuey and his workers fill glass jars with unique flavors of fruit preserves, pickles, and various vegetables. Tuey says he started the company with a plan to marry traditional practices with a modern approach. He took inspiration from childhood memories of canning tomatoes with neighbors. There's a connection to the past that people can actually identify with because it has that nostalgia to it. I, you know, I, I think fondly about spending time in the garden with my dad and picking the tomatoes and spending time with Joan and Frank across the street. Tui says he frequently fields questions from customers who want to try their hand at canning. What once seemed like a dying art is alive and well. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Lily Halloran. Lauren Hines Acosta contributed to that report from Canned Peaches, a new podcast from member station KBIA in Columbia. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.